Hello and welcome back to the Bring Mick podcast. Hello. Hello. Yeah, Rory forgot who's there for a second. <laughs> Sorry. A lot of us do that. He's eating his croissant. No, I finished that. I was I was looking at something, but carry on. Oh. Um, I guess at some point we can talk about why this is topical, but Harry Potter has been very topical recently. I think it's been added to stream or something, maybe. Netflix. Yeah, okay, that's the one. Um, it's on Netflix now. It's funny how like things being added to stream is always the biggest driver of something actually trending. I think I'm actually going to mm. start paying more attention to that, um, which I have, which I sent the app for recently. That's irrelevant. That's behind the scenes stuff. You don't irrelevant. need to hear about that. Um, but so we decided we were gonna, just going to do what probably every single film podcast in the world is doing right now, and that's ranking Harry Potter films. Um, and I actually enjoyed this a lot more once I started getting into it because then I, I realised that I, I really looked into what I was. I I feel like when you if you like attach nodes to your head while you're watching it, your answers would be different to how mm. maybe a lot of people answer this because a lot of people are very like very much agreed, aren't they? I think like I would I'd be very surprised if if I was to ask the average person if if I'd get like a different order to what I was expecting with 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 some variation, obviously. Mm. But then I, I think, think the top yeah. I think the top two are pretty much all going to be the same. I'd assume. But you know, you never know actually. Well, yeah, but I might th- throw a curveball in there and say um, one. I I put a lot of <laughs> I put a lot of thought into both how I remember feeling watching the film, in terms of just how much I enjoyed it and how much it changed watching stuff for me and that sort of thing, and then sort of again how much I think back to it because obviously both are relevant. Um, mm. And I thought the way we'd format this, by the way, is to go from so we do all three of us will go with our eighth pick so we'll go bottom to top all three of us go right. eighth pick we'll just go shout 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 uh we'll do okay. me tom and rory um shout like actually shout it no like just you know what i mean okay um how did you put your name in a goblet of fire <laughs> <laughs> no that's a calm that's a that's a calm whisper tom. <laughs> that is a calm whisper yeah um, i'm mistaken so yeah, so we go eight, 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 uh, and then we'll be like, whoa, whoa, I can't believe that, and then we'll talk about it, um, okay. and then so yeah, like in that way, because I thought that would sort of wheedle out our, our rogue mm. picks a little bit more than just sort of yeah. going for our lists one by one. Yeah. Um, so, okay, so one by one, eight for number eight, I've gone Half Blood Prince. Wow, I can't believe that. <laughs> no, not not, not um, yet. Oh, okay, sorry. <laughs> um, I've gone with Order of the Phoenix. I've also gone with Order of the Phoenix. Okay. Justifications, please, sirs. It's boring. I, I, yeah. Yeah. It's funny, yeah. though, because I think it has one of the best, like, villains that isn't Voldemort throughout the whole thing. I think Dora's Umbridge is a really good villain. I just think most of that yeah. film is just really dull. Yeah. Mm. Um, I think what I'll do is only talk about that film once I get round to it, for the most part. That's probably fair. Um. Mm. I'll just talk about why the Half Blood Prince is my bottom. I I think it is a similar reason. It felt like a little bit of a like a sabbatical episode, a little bit like Fly for Breaking Bad. Like it felt like um the the central plot moved away from the the the, the threats, uh, and instead it was like a just sort of a like a love potion episode, and then like the mm. Slugworth thing, which Slug was horn. Right. Slug Slughorn. Slughorn. The slug... You call yourself a fan, right? The, the, the Slughorn like um side stuff with like his like memories and stuff, which was all which was all right, but it felt like it was a little mm. bit of a stray uh 
a stray episode until obviously you know obviously it all went mad at the end of the um at the end of the film but like yeah. i don't think you know for the most part it, it just it felt like a little break it felt like maybe it was a little bit of lighter character building um which mm. and don't get me wrong i think it was probably we probably should have said this at the start i don't think there's a single bad harry potter film i like all of them um oh tom I doesn't disagree this, actually. Yeah, I think there are that. two good Harry Potter films, and the rest of them are average to bad. I think yeah, there's. I think that's interesting. I, I think there's five decent ones. Well, two really good ones, three decent ones, and then three that aren't great. Hmm. Yeah, like, just that's them. probably that's probably what I'd say. I'd say two of them are really like actually quite good films. Two or three of them are like average films, and then like two or three of them are bad. Yeah, it's funny because even Half Blood Prince, I'd give like a three out of five on Letterbox probably. So they that's do. not that far off what I've given it. Give, given it. <laughs> yeah, but to be <laughs> fair, we don't know where it, we don't know where it is on your list yet. So, um, well, but yes. Anyway, that was quite short, brief. Um, number seven. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, I, <laughs> I've got. I've actually got Vord of the Phoenix. So actually, not not oh. straying too far away. Well, um, I used yeah. Go on. Sorry, we're not straying too far. Well, I'm not at least. I don't know what war is. I'm not straying too far away because I've gone with for the Half Blood Prince. Oh wow! I've got the Philosopher's Stone. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, my my main issue with this film, and I spoke to Rory about it the other day. I don't know if Henry was there. Um, the first half of the film genuinely feels like like a funny comedy maybe not funny but it feels like it's going for like a really light-hearted comedy tone and then the second half of the film there's this massive tonal shift mm. and it goes into a much darker like much darker like i don't know tone not to say tone all the time and it feels like this it's going ah oh, this is the big change in the story this is like the big turning point for the whole series but they did that like three times. They've done it three times and it's just boring. Mm. They do that for a lot of Harry Potter films. They do big tonal shifts throughout pretty much all of the films, I think. I, I, I will say that that kind of happens in the books because there's usually a point in the year when things go start going badly for Harry and his little pals. Um, it's a bit like Skins, isn't it? All trivial and then, whoa! Yeah. Well, when you're the boy who lived, these things happen. Hmm. Unavoidable. Everyone else lines up to, to try and test against him. Exactly. Um, I'm trying not to reveal too much about sort of how I feel about your picks. So I feel like it's going to make it a little bit more interesting oh. once we get to our own orders. Yeah, um, I, should pro- I should probably talk about mine. Or well, do you, you talk about yours? I'm probably interrupting you. Um, that's all right. Um, yeah, no. So I just thought Order of the Phoenix overall. Uh, it, it was very yeah. It was very similar to Half Blood Prince. Um. I actually thought it probably could have maybe used a bit more comic relief because that was probably that was one of the things that I thought was probably better about the Half Blood Prince. Is Order of the Phoenix felt very serious the whole way through, and yet I don't think the plot was that great. Like the prophecy stuff wasn't that bothered about all that. I didn't really understand it at the time. I don't know if I would now. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, just yeah. Um, I liked the opening though. That was one of the things I thought was worth mentioning. I liked how it started from quite a, a different point, rather than it just sort of being the Dudley. Uh, was it Dudleys actually? I don't know what it is. I forgot uh, already. Dursleys. Dursleys. But yeah. Dudley Dursley. This is yeah. <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> terrible. Um, <laughs> but it just start. Yeah, I liked the fact that it started from a different point. 
Um, and then, yeah. I, so, and so, do you remember like the whole Patronus uh, start of the episode where he's like the they he was running away from Dudley? I liked all that. That's um, yeah, yeah. That's sick. That bit's cool. And then also sort of the the emotional weight of the the serious black thing was was all like stellar. Those um, are the. The, that that those bits and uh, Umbridge are the bits of that film I liked. Mm. There's just a lot in between that struggle a bit. Um, so the reason I've got Philosopher's Stone down here, uh, there is like a sense of nostalgia to it as there is with like all the Harry Potter films, but it's just not like a great, like it's not a film that flows well for me. It's like a proper kids film. Um, the acting's not as good. The writing for it's not as good. Uh, <clears throat> they nail like the look of Hogwarts and like though the animation doesn't hold up the rest of like the the, the staircases and stuff look good and uh, I like Dumbledore's actor for the first two films as well I think he's actually quite interesting compared to Michael Gambon's he's a lot more like reserved he feels more like an old man than Michael Gambon's Dumbledore does to me um, mm. I don't actually know the actor for him uh, this, was so, this was something that came out a lot. Like I didn't realise this was a, a thing that a lot of people preferred the previous Dumbledore until like sort of recent years ish. I like yeah. I always thought it was always like Michael Gammon was properly accepted, but like I didn't realise the extent of um this. He just he just feels a lot more harsh, Michael Gammon's mm. Dumbledore. There's like quite a lot mm. of warmth to the other guys. Um, but yeah, no, I, I know a lot of people love it because it because of the nostalgia that comes with it. But rewatching it now, it's just not a very good film. I don't think. Mm. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Um, I think we might be moving into sort of controversial territory because the fact that we basically all agreed on the first two, other than like one pick. Um, so number six, I've got Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part One. Ooh. Uh, just I think that's yeah. Fair. I almost spilled again. Um, Continue. I've got. Uh, I'm choosing between two here. I'm gonna go with Chamber of Secrets. I've also got Chamber of Secrets. Ah, nice. Um, um, yeah, so I just I'll be brief with this one because I think the focus is on the Chamber of Secrets. Um, obviously, like the later films, like I think the visuals, like obviously improved, like the effects yeah. improved, and that helps. That helps films like this. It only can. Um, and like the stakes were great, I remember thinking like it felt like it was getting real around about these these last two films parts, um, and so you really felt that. But what I do remember about part one is just the prolonged boredom at, at yeah. times because it, mm. it felt like these like almost the slowest of missions, which like I'm fine with slow stuff, but a lot of it did feel a bit more emotional or artistic and long yeah. stares rather than actual substance. It kind um, of felt like they were really trying to push that. Like this is a two-part film, though. Like we need to make people believe Feel, yeah. that it was necessary. Yeah, but it did have that. That that is. I think that's so much more true because there were some great moments. Yeah, it wasn't just like it wasn't made up of nothing. It was. Yeah. It had those moments with all the bits in between, and then part two didn't really have as many moments like that. So, but yeah, Chamber of Secrets. Um, then you two. I I've gone with Chamber of Secrets. Um, because I think the first two films are the two films where my main like issues with the early ones are like most evident, and that is like as Rory said, they're like very, very clearly aimed at one specific type of audience. 
Like the acting isn't great. I don't think the writing's great. I don't think it's paced very well. I think it's sort of them relying on children enjoying it more than anything. And the reason I've got it lower than Philosopher's Stone is because I think I just found myself to be a bit more bored with it and Henry's mentioned Philosopher's Stone's like world building before and I think that is like something I can agree to and like just having like the seeing everything for the first time there's something about that that's just like really good I guess but Chamber of Secrets has all of the issues of Philosopher's Stone and almost none of the like benefits or like pros similar Roy? Um, yeah except I obviously had Philosopher's Stone lower I, I actually prefer the I think the bad like the villain of the first one is far less interesting than Tom Riddle and the Chamber of Secrets I think Professor Quirrell with his stupid turban with Voldemort on the back of his head was just not all that much of a good villain it's a bit silly um, whereas the Chamber of Secrets is quite cool the Basilisk is cool you get to see the the sort of Gryffindor for the first time Mm. And um, uh, the bit where they're in the forest with Aragog and they have to drive away in the car. All of those bits are interesting. It just gets pulled down by the same stuff as the first one, which is like bad acting, bad dialogue, bad pacing. Um, I I like the bit in Chamber of Secrets where Lucius Malfoy is literally just going to kill Harry Potter outside of Dumbledore's office. <laughs> yeah. Right outside of it, he just starts going to Varda and just like, you, what did you think was going to happen after this? There's a bit of a um, a character change for him later on in the film, isn't there? He seems a bit more tepid than someone that would just kill someone outright. Kill, out kill, in a storm. kill a twelve-year-old in front of the headmaster. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like that's that's a quite an easy segue into where we have our what is that? Um, that fifth pick, fifth pick. Yeah, mm-hmm. because I've I've got Chamber of Secrets as my fifth pick, so I think that's quite Ooh. a. Um, Shall I talk? Or shall I start talking about the stuff you're? It might be. It might it might flow a little bit better. Do you actually. want us to say ours, or do you want to? Yeah, you say yours quickly, and then um, I'll start talking well, about Philosopher's Stone for me. Uh, Definitely Hallows Part One. Hmm. Yeah, they're, they're all sort mm. of cluttering around the same numbers. They so are far. like yeah. Yeah. Um, which is surprising. I thought we might more disagree more. Um, although yeah. So anyway, Chamber of Secrets. Um, I actually I don't don't have this down as a bad film. I do recognise the things about the um, about like the acting be making sort of horrible situations feel a bit more trivial. But I feel like this had it. Chamber of Secrets was one of the Harry Potter films that had like a genuine signature to it. Like it was basically yeah. it was only the second film in, and it just went oh let's make this a bit of a horror film, and it actually was like a creepy. I could watch it now and and still get like the creepy vibes from it from like the 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 uh, score. From like sort of the 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 the, the mystery because no one really knew what was going on. Um, I didn't think the pacing was that bad. I quite liked how there were like big like stop gaps between um, yeah between a lot of the incidents, and so they took you by surprise each time rather than just feeling like sort of hundred miles an hour escalation from next one to next one. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Um, just. Just a, okay. I thought it was just a decent Harry Potter film. It felt, yeah. it still felt very wondrous. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, I've gone with Philosopher's Stone here, but I mean, I basically explained it when I was talking about yeah. Chamber of Secrets. I think it's very similar to Chamber of Secrets in terms of quality, but it just has that sort of like 
because I, I remember watching these as a kid and I do remember what being like sort of in awe at everything and just being like this is an amazing world I'm watching and to mm. be honest it was only until I rewatched these last year that I kind of realised that I didn't like them that much <laughs> um, but yeah it's got all of it's got that sort of wondrous awe about it and I just there is something you can appreciate there and also it's the film that gave birth to my one of my favourite memes of all time is that person doing the voiceover of the bit where they're playing chess <laughs> and it's just wonderful that scene alone with that voiceover is the highest quality of anything the Harry Potter films have ever done and if you haven't seen it I'm going to have to find it for you um, yeah Philosopher's Stone or if um, you're in America Sorcerer's Stone because they're idiots there can they not understand yeah, yeah um, they're not even the my... same thing a sorcerer is a wizard a philosopher isn't <laughs> um, I went for <clears throat> Deathly Hallows Part 1 basically because I think I prefer the newer ones to. no actually that's not true because I don't want to ruin the list I think I just prefer <laughs> I think I prefer when the animation's a bit better and the people can actually act so that's when my list starts going up by our um, yeah. Order of the Phoenix. Um, I like, there's loads of bits in part one that I really like. I think the Polyjuice potion at the start where they all turn into Harry is really cool. Mm. Uh, and so is the chase uh, afterwards where Harry's in the side of Hagrid's uh, motorbike thing. Uh, and also when they break into the ministry, very cool. Yeah. Uh, there's loads of little set pieces that are cool. I know, I get what you're both saying about the long parts of it where just nothing happens because obviously this this sort of happens in the book as well they're just like trying to figure out where horcruxes are and that's not yeah. all that interesting no. um and you sort of have it's to on... wait for that showdown ron just moans constantly <laughs> yeah yeah it's fucking all he annoying. does yeah Maybe i don't know because he's carrying a horcrux isn't it i don't care there's the bit where um they tell him that that's why he's annoyed and he just refuses to take it off yeah, which is. But I mean, isn't that probably part of it? That's like, down that's to Ron, really Henry. Down to Ron. That is a blatant. That's a blatant rip off of Lord of the Rings and carrying the ring. I mean, yeah. it was in the. Uh, yeah, yeah the, anyway. was it in the book, Henry? The book that came out eighty years after Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I know, but it's like, it's, you know, like, I don't think it. I think it's not. It's not like the most insanely niche trope, is it? I, I, something evil make makes you feel a bit evil. I imagine every fantasy book ever is Nick stuff from Lord of the Rings. To be fair, yeah, like, um, and I put I put this lower. I put this film lower. I'm defending little bits of it. I haven't even got to it yet on mine. Um, okay, right. So next one. I think this is probably this is probably where you'll start realizing how different my list kind of is. Um, I've got the Goblet of Fire for <sighs> fucking what. <laughs> no. It's just wrong, isn't it? It's just wrong. It's just wrong. Uh, it's it's very very specific and this is like don't get me wrong this is like the, the part where it's like I enjoy the hell out of all of these films yeah. um, so this is not like a, a besmirching but more like yeah, a, yeah. it's a matter of millimetres between each one probably um, but it was the, the only real fact I mean a lot happened this is probably the most the story moved when you consider like the final act uh, and in terms of like just the events it was just an absolute yeah. flurry of, of, of things happening uh, and there was probably the most shock value in terms of going to watch something at the cinema this is this was probably the strongest mm. 
if you say if you were to go now like with the same sort of committed audience it would be like yeah. insane wouldn't it yeah I, w- I watched it at the cinema at the time i was absolutely dismayed by like the you know like the um the bit where he's up on the um reaper's statue mm-hmm. uh, and he was touching his head and stuff i was like terrified watching that oh yeah uh, as a kid yeah yeah um so yeah, all of that stuff. The only factor is literally one factor, and I think it's just that I think a lot of the value is shock value, and it wasn't something I enjoyed watching back as much as a lot of the other ones. Because oh, a lot of the joy was in the the shock of it happening for the yeah. first time. But then also it gets a lot of points for that first watch because that's kind of what cinema is about. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, I. What position are we even in? Fourth. 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 Okay. Um, I've now I've gone definitely Hallows Part One. Um, I think I agree. I agree with a lot of what Rory Rory was saying um, about. I think the newer ones tend to be the better ones because you can see them growing as actors, and I think most of them are really good actors. Like I think the main three are all pretty good actors. Like even Rupert Grint, when I saw Knock at the Cabin, I was pretty impressed with him. Um, but the beginning of it, they weren't very good actors, and you can see them growing into that. And I do like the sequences in it here and there, but it is just—it's a very long film, and it's a very long film where a lot of the time I was just like, "This is just dragging," and it's really, really dragging. And I'm going to say something controversial here. Um, I don't really care for Dobby as a character. <sighs> I thought I, oh, the whole way through. I thought he was annoying, especially in Prisoner of Azkaban, right at the beginning, when he's just jumping on his bed, being like, nah, 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 moaning. That's Chamber of Secrets. Sorry. Is it? No, is it? Yeah. That's when, when he... Yeah, that's when he says Harry Potter must not go back to school. Oh, well. Well, oh, again, yeah. I just found that annoying. So, like, I love a bit of emotional weight in a film, and I think, it, like, having a good scene like that can elevate it a lot. So I feel like this film may have been a bit higher for me if I liked Dobby as a character because I think the scene at the end would have hit a bit more but it didn't I, because I don't like him I tell you what I'll give you a, I'll give you an olive branch here okay I think a generation that grew up hating Jar Jar Binks has no right loving Dobby <laughs> because they are so they so are very similar, similar yeah. so what are we actually doing I think it's just sheep mentality I think everyone mm. just, like we all like Jar Jar and then everyone grew up and went, oh, yeah, I hate Jar Jar. And then everyone maybe liked Dobby, but then they saw the adults crying, you know, Dobby in old people reaction videos. And they're like, oh, yeah, I remember loving Dobby. Mm. I reckon, yeah, I reckon there's a there's a point to be made there. I, I think do. we need to meet somewhere in the middle between between Dobby and um, Yeah. I and do, Jar-Jar. however, love Toby Jones. I think he does a good job as a performance for Dobby. Mm. But the character itself just... God, it really grinds on my gears. I didn't know that was Toby Jones that did yeah. Dobby. I had good, no clue about that. He's good in it. He's good in yeah. it. Yeah, could never, never have guessed. No, I didn't know that. Um, I've got a controversial one for mine. Uh, mm. Number four is Half Blood Prince for me. Oh wow! Uh, I just remembered that. Yeah, I for real, that's forgot I hadn't even like said that one yet. Yeah, I, I yeah. really like this film. I think it has something to do with like. I know this is all about nostalgia, but this really is nostalgia <laughs> for me. Because I think I remember getting this from Blockbuster when I was like, oh, I don't know. How old were we when this one came out? Maybe 14, um, 13? Probably near the end of 
Half Blood Blood Prince came out in 2009, so we were 10. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. But maybe uh, you got it when we were like 14. No, I think it probably was 10. That would actually make more uh, sense because yeah. I watched it over and over again while playing Football Manager. Um, <laughs> so it was sort of ingrained in my head and I really like the first half of the film where it's quite jovial and funny. I think it's yeah. one of the, the more funny Harry Potter films. Yeah. And I also really like the end. I think the bit where they get the Horcrux from that cave is like one of the best spectacles in Harry Potter. Yeah. The mm. bit... The bit where he's pulled down under the water and then Dumbledore conjures that massive fire spirit thing. Mm. Um, it's just like, visually, it's awesome. And also, uh, that whole scene where Dumbledore's forced to drink that water is is genuinely quite scary. Yeah. Like, it's really well done. Yeah. It's horrible to watch. Um, and also, the ending is shocking. And I love the bit where um, you find out that Snape is the Half-Blood Prince. I think that was really yeah. well done. There's, there's um, very... a... Sorry, mate. No, go on. I was about to say, I think there's a big joy in, in film and TV when, when you earn the status of a stoic character throughout several films or episodes and then they lose that stoicism in mm. a moment or something. There's a lot of value in those moments. Like with you had in Dumbledore, who was basically losing his head mm. after all this time, getting to know him as something different. But yeah, carry on. Yeah, mm. yeah no, I agree with you on that. That's um, You sort of knock the the most powerful figure in the whole series down um i just loved that bit with snape the way he says don't use your my own spells against me potter <laughs> that was a brilliant impression that was really good yeah, that was totally awful don't use my spells against me potter he, he's alan rickman's like line delivery is it mm. brings so much life into I, the series i think he is by far the most interesting and best character in the whole series yeah i agree he's i think he's the um the most well acted as well yeah i think yeah, with, yeah. without alan rickman that snape would not have been the same he was like the perfect no. casting for snape no. oh, um, I, saw that, I saw a fan casting for snape i can't remember what it was it was one of those like was um, it adam driver AI. Yeah, it was Adam Driver. I I think I don't think he'd do because he's got it in black hair. TV show. I think he'd be I good. See, I see, I you know what? I know he looks just. You know, it's just because he looks like him, probably. But I could genuinely imagine him doing I can, a, I can a decent I job. I think if again, I don't think he would. He should do an impression. If he was doing an impression of Alan Rickman, I think he'd do very good because I think he's got the voice. He wouldn't have to. Yeah, his, I think his he's voice, got the voice is like yeah. natural. But I think I think he'd be a good choice, but I just can don't he, know if he'd do it. Has he ever done an English accent in anything? Uh, he's pro- I don't. Not that I can think of. But yeah, he probably could. Like he's, he's a very good he's, actor. He's got quite a confusing voice anyway, so it would sound yeah. enough like an English accent if you went halfway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, perhaps. But um, I, I, I have a very another short uh, story about my own DVD of um, that film. Mm-hmm. Um, it's that I remember cherish even though I didn't actually even at the time I didn't think it was one of my favourites I remember cherishing that film a little bit more because it was the first time I'd had it on DVD where <laughs> they'd improved the cover so like I had Prisoner of Azkaban and Goblet of Fire and I think maybe Order of the Phoenix but they were all quite normal covers with this one it was like 3D and a bit shiny and it popped mm. out like a bit of like a holographic mm-hmm. edition and I remember thinking that it made it a better film in some way because it was like a collectible item or something. <laughs> I've j- that is literally I've I never mean, thought about that in my life. 
like in depth properly and that has just popped out to me when Rory was telling me about his excitement of getting the DVD himself <laughs> that's interesting oh, quickly quickly I've just remembered the um the bits with Felix Felicis however you say it the Quidditch bits with Ron were really cool I think that was maybe one of the most enjoyable Quidditch has been in the films um mm. I like all the bits where he's clearly got his swagger and he's defending the guard. I just thought it was cool. I don't know Music why. Music was good for that as well. I remember Music was really good. Um, and also the scene where Harry takes it and walks down to Hagrid's shack. All of that is really well filmed as well. Mm, that's that funny. was funny, intriguing. And the bit where uh, Slughorn finally gives up the memory feels like it's got like emotional heft to it because they yeah. go through all of that first. That's my piece done on that. I feel very bad for Daniel Radcliffe like having such low self-esteem about his performance in those films because I, I genuinely think, I think he has a lot of screen presence. Yeah. I think for the most part he's very good. Um, but I mean, I, well, I, especially in the later films. I was I was gonna say even in the old like even in the old ones he gets a lot of stick, but like I think those characters I think you have to kind of play them a bit yeah. childishly. Like I, 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 mean, I, gen, I genuinely don't. To be honest, like, first role like children aren't really. Are very often not very good. I think it's harsh to really critique them that much. Mm. Being bad when it's his first role and he's never acted before or mm. whatever. But you know, oh well. Um, number three. Number three. I have the Deathly Hallows Part Two, which is the one that no one's mentioned yet. I also uh, have the Deathly Hallows Part Two. I also have the Deathly Hallows Part Two. Love oh, stuff. What the hell? <laughs> like that's actually a lot of agreement here. Quite um, uh, I guess we can all talk about it then. Yeah, we can. The first mm-hmm. time. That's the first time we've agreed on one of them, isn't it? I think so. All of us. Yeah, yeah it is. It's the, it, our embargo is lifted. Yeah, well done, guys. <laughs> um, yeah, so just just a just a quality finale. I remember mm. thinking that the moment where he, he jumps out of Hagrid's arms is probably the bit that yeah that, that gets to be the most. Yeah. Uh, they pointed out that the friends' reaction were a bit tempered. Uh, like, yeah. <laughs> But that was only I only noticed that when it was pointed out, so it was it was kind of ruined for me. Mm. Uh, but like all the whole Neville Longbottom speech before it, the battle it's, the battles itself were good, emotional gravity, all that kind of the the, uh, the whole mystery the whole like mystery around the um, the revival stone what is it called or or the, the philosopher's stone. Oh, oh yeah, no, but it had a, it had a nickname, didn't it? I think it was the philosopher's stone. The but it stone had a nickname. of life. I don't know. I don't know, but yeah, but it basically it was the thing that kept that kept him alive, and I actually yeah. didn't know what happened the first time I watched it, and I had to sort of watch back certain scenes several years later to understand how it worked, and also the Draco bit, like is Draco alive? I didn't, I didn't, I didn't even catch what she said when I watched yeah. it the first time. <laughs> it was quite difficult. Uh, rest in peace. R.I.P. Yeah. to her. Um, um, yeah, I again, I think it's quite a good grand finale. I think. It, I get it's it's the third best film for me, so it does a lot right. I think mm. it's it moves along a lot quicker than part one, and like things don't have to be to move quicker for it to be good. I just think it was paced a bit well, a bit better, and I wasn't bored at any point, and it just felt a bit more breezy. My main issue with it again, this isn't really with the film; it's just the series as a whole. Um, I kind of wish Harry stayed dead. Spoilers if you haven't seen it. Um, I know he needs to come back to be the one who like finishes him off, but I don't think he needs to. I think 
he could make this sacrifice and then that could be his story done and then they could be like, oh, we're going to get you for like killing our friend or whatever and then just prove Voldemort wrong thinking that if he kills this person he's got no one left to challenge him because I think that would be a much better story and a much better message. But also it kind of makes Harry's sacrifice worthless because it's not really a sacrifice. He just It's not a sacrifice if he comes back. Um, that's just nitpicking though. Other than that, I think it's a pretty decent film, like a six, <laughs> seven out of ten. Yeah, I, I I think it's a bit better than that. I thought it was a really fitting ending to the series, like completely epic. Um, the bit where McGonagall summons all of those the the statues oh. to defend Hogwarts mm, that gave yeah. me that still gave me a little bit of chills when I watched it the other night. I thought that was so cool. Uh, everyone showing up and kicking the Death Eaters out of the school. Going through the portrait to get there as well. There's just so much magic in these films, and that's not well, me yeah, making, making a pun. That's not make me making a pun, Tom. You idiot. <laughs> um, I like the showdown between him and Voldemort. I think I know it's been like a it's a motif throughout the series, but when they like they shoot their wand stuff at each other because it's shoot not like a spell. Yeah. It, it comes out. It's like juice or something or sludge, yeah. and it like hits it the bit where they do that in the court courtyard is one of like the most aesthetically pleasing bits of all of harry potter just the the way like really? the i think so the way the sparks yeah. and stuff are coming off the sides so i think it looks really really good um also the bit where uh voldemort sort of got harry and he's i what do they call it apparating but they're like apparating yeah. throughout the whole school and yeah. whacking into buildings and stuff although i remember thinking the bit where that's happening and he's like grabbing his head and their head goes together and they become one person it's one of the most stupid mm. things i've seen in the whole series like what's <laughs> the point of it I, I i guess the idea is to say that like they're linked but it just yeah. looks ridiculous because it's just a picture of like, it's just like a an image of voldemort's head with it's, harry's eyes laughing it's to show that harry potter's only one bad day away from becoming um voldemort voldemort they're kind like of the joker like, yeah, the Joker and Batman, you know, they're like they're just interlinked. Yeah. Um yeah, it was just really well done. I think yeah. it had like an Avengers level sort of feel to it. You got yeah. everyone back and there was like genuine sort of heartbreak at certain characters dying as well. Like they didn't shy away from that. Would have been weird if they did cuz it happens in the books, but mm. nonetheless. Who yeah. dies? Um, Fred. They... Hmm? Who Oh. Fred. Um, it was the opposite of the one who had their ear cut off. Uh, yeah, Do you, well, yeah, Is I guess it it's not. I don't know. It? Fred dies. Uh, Lupin dies. Lupin's wife dies. Oh yeah. Uh, mm. Harry half dies. Yeah, very true. I actually I quite like. I actually quite liked the way they moved on from those deaths quite quickly because it kind of encapsulated how battle would mm. be. Like it was a rest period where you kind of get to notice it. You feel sad for a second, but you can't really dwell. Yeah, because yeah. there isn't really time. Uh, those films aged very well. But like in terms of like one film to the next, like in terms of the audience aging with it was like perfect. It was the perfect generation film or set of films because people the the same generation was growing up with it kind of. Mm. Um, but oh, the thing I was going to say by the way about the sort of the fact that Harry didn't die was uh, was partly because I think. It was still mainly chill, like for children, so they would have wanted a happy That's a ending. Good point. So That's you kind of just point. have to, like in a way. 
Um, maybe even if it makes the story and suffer from like a fair, critic viewpoint. I can't really be that upset about it when like Lord of the Rings is my favourite trilogy of all time and literally no main character dies in it. <laughs> Apart from Dumb, not Dumbledore, Gandalf, and he Bor- comes back as well. And so Boromir. I can't, I can't really. Oh yeah, Boromir. Also, just quickly, he had to die because it's Sean Bean. Just, just quickly. Um, if Voldemort had actually killed Harry, he would have been able to use the Elder Wand, and then there would have been more trouble because he would have been even more powerful. Because remember, well, he couldn't use the uh, Elder Wand yeah. properly because Harry was the true owner of it. Well, you know, I again, wasn't killed. It was disarmed, though. That was part of the thing in the series is that it wasn't yeah, actually exactly. killed. Exactly, mate. No, but I think it would have passed over if he actually killed him. Oh, because yeah, Draco, it's, it's like the killer of whoever kills them, whoever kills the true owner, gets yeah, the, I, is the, the next true owner. Although, so it's kill or disarm. So disarm so. is like the 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 soft cell. Yeah. Um, if we're gonna, we could pick holes in this. Yeah, I, yeah, let's yeah, not. Let's, let's, let's just go. Move on. To, let's go to number two. Okay, number two. I think you're gonna you're gonna be surprised. I you've you're gonna realise that I haven't mentioned Philosopher's it yet. Stone. Yeah, Philosopher's yeah. Stone. Oh, wow. uh, I I am mu- I am much more. Yeah, as you no, sorry, continue. I keep forgetting. That's okay. People um, to justify straight away. I've gone for Prisoner of Azkaban. And I've gone for Goblet of Fire. Oh, we all disagreed. That's nice. Um, okay, so first of all, Philosopher's Stone. I think it was just the. I I'm just much more focused. Gen- when I watch stuff, I just it, it, I don't generally like wholesome stuff unless it's really good. And I think mm. it was it was the best example of like fluffiness. I I was just impressed that something like that could actually be so good. Like world building. Sometimes I think world building tends to be complicated. I've seen someone make fun of fantasy books for just you know like saying words that make no sense yet, but maybe will once you read read them. And I think the way it slowly transitioned into into a world um was was so expertly done and i think it it was the be- it was the best the music was as well i think in the first film i think it was kind of i think it was just kind of perfect in terms of like wonder and getting people into fantasy in in, yeah. in, a, in an initial film uh i yeah i don't really think i need to go into much more detail on that so that's fair enough mm-hmm. um gone uh prisoner of Azkaban. i think I really appreciate when these stories do something like a bit more out there and like actual good like um I th- good like different direction because I think the first two were directed by the same person and then this one was Alfonso Cuarón oh, yeah Cuaron, yeah and he's a good director very good director and I think this sh- really shows in this film because the way he handles the time traveling storyline is absolutely brilliant. The way he like leaves little breadcrumbs everywhere, and like when you watch it and then rewatch it, and you just see a bit more each time. I love films like that where that you gain so much from rewatching it, and I think mm. this is like the best in the whole series in terms of that. And yeah. it's where they you can again. It's where you see them start to be a bit better at acting and things like that and I think it probably has the best story out of any of them like without a doubt um, and I really uh, it's, this is yeah this is the introduction of Gary Oldman as well and I think great character and mm. yeah overall it's a really really good film and I don't say that much with these but this is just a really good film and I think changing the director really really helps yeah 
Okay. Yeah. It was sort of, it was probably the best um I remember Hermione was such an integral part of that film. Yeah. She kind of went from being the victim in two to being, to being basically like, the driver of yeah. the plot in three. Mm-hmm. And the like again, the only thing is is having that like what's it called? A time turner. Yeah. What it's called. Having that in there, the only bad thing about it is the fact that they then just never mention it again. Yeah, that's in history, isn't it? Yeah, like and they just it's something that could have been so helpful and I know they needed it for this story, but just having that in there and then never using it again, it probably would have been better off to just not include it. Yeah. It's um that's the time turner is a central uh plot point of Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. Oh. Which is the play after. Yeah. So they do, they do bring it back. Yeah. Uh, well, not in these films. No. Uh, they'll probably make a film of that one day, I reckon. Probably. Um, so I went for The Goblet of Fire. I think four and three are really close for me. They're my yeah, two favourites of the series. Same. Um, I just think four, while it has the better action, doesn't look as much like what I imagined a Harry Potter film would look like as three does. I think three nails it completely. Yeah. I don't want to talk about it too much um, because I've obviously got to talk about it after. Uh, Goblet of Fire, what it does really well, obviously, is the trials are awesome. I think the Triwizard Tournament is one of the most like interesting things in the whole series. Yeah. Um, learning about them, the, bit with the, the, the bits where Harry is trying to figure out the egg are interesting... Uh, Mad Eye Moody is a really cool character. Yeah. Uh, one of the most creepy in the series, but also quite funny at times. Uh, and also the finale, like Henry was saying earlier, is probably the most. Is it the most devastating? Yeah, in the whole series, I'd probably is the so. most devastating. I'd so. The most interesting uh, ending, probably yeah. throughout the whole thing. Uh, and I think re- the introduction with of Ralph Fiennes as Voldemort was perfect like yeah. he's he fits the role really well um he goes a bit pantomime at times in the films but that bit he is so creepy yeah well um, design, i'd say pantomime. yeah pantomime is just is the feel of this film these i know that but like he's over the top at the end of goblet of fire but like it feels it just works it, it feels more natural there's just moments where voldemort says and does things and then like the speech comes off a bit pantomime like I said like weirdly pantomime kind of funny to listen to instead of scary um, yeah th- now we've now we now we sort of um, yeah like um, now we've actually all mentioned uh, the, the film did you what did you think about my thing about like it's like the shock value being a big part of it. Like it maybe could have, it's the sort of film that you could have broken up into about eight parts with a lot of separation between them. And you wouldn't lose a lot because the rewatchability wasn't quite, I don't know. I rewatched it the other day and I, and it, it, it sort of but cemented you could re-watch it in fragments. I, what I mean is you could rewatch it in fragments and not maybe lose a lot. It's in the same way that you maybe would other films. Because it's a little bit less. It's just try. It's sort of trial and then a little break where something happens and then a trial and then a little something happens and it's like. I I I'm I won't talk about it fully because it's obviously my number one. Um, mm. I think the bits in between are sometimes just as like like um, engrossing as the trials themselves. 
Oh, a lot not of even besmirching the quality. It's more just yeah. the fact that it is it, it sort of follows a similar structure the whole way through. A lot of the moments in between are them just researching and trying to figure out what they're going to do for the trials, really. Mm. But yeah. there, there, there are moments where it switches and it's more about the... like it's the, I feel like it's the first one where they sort of introduce the love interest between Ron and Hermione. Yeah, and that sort of that whole that plays out a bit when they do that. There's they go to like the ball or whatever. Yeah, um, and that's quite interesting. That's not related to the Triwizard a cup or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think it's all shock value. I feel like yeah, the the trials are interesting on their own, like you say, and you I guess you could split them up that way. But uh, I think the joy comes from sort of learning about them. You get like the the build up to it, and then you get the the actual trial, and it sort of pays off. Mm. I, I don't know. I, I I don't know if I agree completely. Okie dokie. Number one. Um, that's all. That's moving on to number one then. Um, if I'm right, I think we've me and Roy both gone for Prisoner of Azkaban. So, yeah. Yep. I think so. Yeah, and I'm goblet. Um. Yeah, I just think. It, it, it's not um it's not one factor in in excess it's it's more like it was just every factor was was just a little bit higher mm. um i thought the the patronus stuff i'm surprised you didn't mention the, the whole patronus stuff because i think that was basically my favorite part of it like the first time you did it then the first time you did it on the big yeah. stage was like a very emotive moment i think it was quite a big thing cgi wise like it looked quite good for for its time uh, potentially mm. um yeah, I just remember, yeah, the, the whole, like, Dementor thing, I think, was, I think the Dementor was one of the best, like, um, the best villains, but then they were also a bit of a red herring, weren't they, sort of, yeah, uh, in the film, uh, so, yeah, it was, it was a very layered, like, it was, have rewatchability, like Tom said, but you could go back and pick up Easter eggs, and I know critics like that sort of thing, um, when it makes them think a little bit more. Or, or they maybe feel a bit clever when they th- oh yeah I think there's something in that shot there um, but yeah oh Lu- also yeah Lupin oh, yeah, the I introduction of Lupin and Sirius Black I just forgot about that I was literally just thinking about how good the scene is where you'd see them become the werewolves ridiculous yeah as well yeah the so ridiculous good. scene was one of my favourite like trivial scenes mm. of the franchise yeah uh, Lupin added a lot I-, I know Sirius Black did too but I think Lupin was definitely an unsung yeah part of that episode, that episode. Mm. Yeah. Um, uh, Tom I'm just going to say mine because we have the yeah, same thing I was going to say you might as well um, I think a lot of what I love about this film is based around the look of it like I've said before I think it's like the most interesting look that Hogwarts has had because it's like a bit darker The, uh, the, mm. the obviously the CGI gets a lot better which helps but there's like little moments where they'll zoom in on the plants like moving like uh how am I trying to say this? I, I was going to say magically, but it doesn't feel like it picks up what they're doing properly. You know, like the Whomping Willows spin round. But there's a bit in it where it flicks off the snow. And I remember thinking, against the backdrop of your, of Hogwarts, that was one of like the, the most clean, aesthetically pleasing shots I'd seen. Um, mm. And yeah, I think just it embraces the darkness that Harry Potter can bring in a way that the film, the two films before couldn't. And in a way that a lot of the films after didn't as well. Um, the Dementors added that, I think, in a big way. And I think one of the things I always liked about this film as well was that Voldemort wasn't like the villain. Mm, yeah. For most of it, it was more about like Harry's family and past, finding out about Sirius and Peter Pettigrew. Uh, you get your first taste of the Marauder's Map as well. 
there's so much to like about it. And obviously everything Tom said about the time turners um, and Alfonso Quirion's direction. Excellent. It sort of get, it had like um, parts of it had Guillermo del Toro vibes to it. Yeah. I know they're both Mexican directors, but there's just like similar um, aesthetics that they seem yeah. to put into their films. But yeah. Mm. Um, Man, then that very good very so nice. I went with Goblet of Fire. I'll try and be brief. I think in terms of pure enjoyment, this is just number one for me, just in terms of pure like exhilaration. I think this is by far the best. It's a really, really long film. It's like two hours and 40 minutes or something, but it doesn't linger at all. It is just like, just zooms through it. It doesn't, f- no moments of it drag at all, I don't think. And the action, brilliant. And like what you said about shocks, obviously there are shocks in here. Like the ending is a big shock. If you haven't read the books or anything, you don't expect that to happen. But I don't think it relies on it. I think it is just such a good moment and the perfect time to put in that little shock. Because it really... I think that is the moment where the tones of the films shifted for the first time and should have stayed shifted rather than flip-flopping for the next couple of films. I think that was the perfect moment for it, having... God, what's his name? Um, Robert Pattinson, yeah, that's it. Cedric, oh, having Hickory. Cedric die in that fashion, and having Voldemort come back, I think that was the perfect time to have that shock. And I don't think it relies on it. I think it benefits from it immensely. They killed my boy. Yeah, he's back. Voldemort's <laughs> back. <laughs> I I tell you what though, I saw something talking about how bad the acting was, and I just don't agree. It's not great. But it's not. I don't know what's wrong with it at all. Um, it's just because he has a shit voice that's broken. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's right. it's I actually think that's um, it. I actually genuinely think that is the only thing yeah. wrong with it. I think people are. But I, don't, I think they're barking up the wrong tree. I think as well. Just all every single one of the trials. I think the least interesting is probably the dragon one, which is weird because dragons are awesome. But I think all the trials yeah, agree, are actually. so distinct and have each their own like. Like sort of, I don't want to. I don't even know what the word I'm looking for is. I don't want to say genre, but it kind of is genre. Each of them have their own distinct feel to them, and I think they're all just very, very interesting. Like the mermaid one is just so incredible, and obviously um, they're like, yeah, we're just gonna drown some students. You have to save them. And it's like, are you sure <laughs> you should be doing this? Probably not. Here's a dragon, um, and I think the last one is again very creepy and very well done. Um, it's it's actually it's quite annoying. A very good film. It's annoying with the maze because I think that the the reason that trial is enjoyable is what happens after. Um, in the books, when they go through the maze, there's like a lot more to the challenge of it than yeah. vines creeping out on you and stuff. Yeah, like mm. there's a like Harry has to. I think he has to uh, answer riddles from a sphinx at times in it. Like, there's cool stuff, oh, like, really cool stuff yeah. from that trial that they just didn't include in the film, which you kind of get because it's they a long probably, film anyway. Yeah, I was going to but... say, they probably didn't do it because they didn't have time because it would have been, like, a three-hour-long film if they added all that yeah. extra stuff. It doesn't matter because the payoff at the end of the trial is so good, yeah. but... The, yeah. the dragon one was a weird mix, actually, because I thought the start of the dragon trial was really good because it, mm. um, it was quite unglamorous. Like, even though it was, like, 
oh, he's facing off against a dragon. It was all unglamorous because he was basically just hiding behind a rock on yeah. the ground, just like yeah. desperately trying to set. And I remember thinking that's quite a, a good way of doing it. Yeah. But then basically, and then a lot of the stuff happens away from the stadium, so you don't get any like reactions or anything like that. And then you don't actually see him succeed. You see him just about to succeed. Yeah. And then he just cuts to him celebrating. I remember thinking I was kind of cheated at the moment that he won a little bit um, in the film. Also, um, but I want to mention this briefly with that film, another reason why I think it's my favourite. I enjoy all the extra stuff, and Roy mentioned the like the starting of the relationships and all the balls and that stuff, and I do like that bit. But I also really, really like David Tennant and um, Mad-Eye Moody, and I think they're both... Very good, Brendan Gleeson. Brendan Gleeson, yeah, they're both very, very good in like introductions into the film, and that whole storyline is very interesting to me. And I think David Tennant, who doesn't do a lot of like big budget things, but I think he's an absolutely incredible actor. And I think for the like maybe ten minutes of screen time he has, he is incredible in it, and like mm. such a good villain. He it's licks his really... lip like a lizard a lot. Yeah. There's, um, there were three in Bruges actors actually uh, introduced in that film. Ra- Ra- Can you remember Fines, which ones they are? Brendan Gleeson and Colin Farrell. Nope, Fleur. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, also, oh, yeah. there's his there's his son as well, Don Don Gleeson. Yeah, but he's not in in Bruges, and he's not in that film. Yeah, I know. That's I just thought of <laughs> yeah. as well. Um, I wonder if there is another one. Uh, but I'm not going to think about it right now. No. Colin Farrell's in Fantastic Beasts. He is, that counts. Yeah. Mm. There you go. Uh, I remember thinking, by the way, I know it's really, really off topic, but I've, I've decided in Bruges is uh, a four and a half out of five now. Oh, brilliant stuff. Nice. I had it, I had it as a four, but then I've rewatched certain scenes, and I, I don't know what it is. It's just brought out more enjoyment it's than when I watched it the first time round. Oh, the Irish. It's just a joke. He's so good. Yeah, he's excellent in that film. Yeah. Um, well, you take that part away. I'm not going to say the actual lie. <laughs> Let us you know. take that part about my kids. <laughs> Let us know yeah. what your rankings are and if you agree with ours. And who had the best one? It was me. I had the best one. That's ah, one. that's really cool. Tommy, this one. The best one. This one didn't have your the previous ranking you showed from Letterbox, where you had um, Chainsaw Massacre at the top. Yeah, it didn't. That's just <laughs> the films I watched in that month. That wasn't a ranking. <laughs> I watched all of the Harry Potter films and then I watched the most recent Chess. Te- che- Jesus Christ. <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And good news is, all of the Harry Potter films are better than that Texas Chainsaw Massacre. By quite a bit. I'm only by a bit though, because I saw your ratings. They were quite even. What was it you gave Prisoner. Uh, what, did you, what is it you gave Goblet of Fire? Four. Oh, okay. Everything else was really low compared to that then. He gave Azkaban three and a half. Yeah. Yeah. But then even that, so so we're talking like quite not. We're talking three or below for basically all of the films. I can tell you them now. Low. Order of the Phoenix. No, 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 no. Let's not. Let's not. Okay. Let's not drag it out. We're Actually, on like, yeah, we're if, on you, like if you want to know, minutes. check out my letterbox. There you go. Yeah, check out Tom's letterbox. There you go. Right. Yeah, I think I'll do, yeah, I think it's approaching an hour. We don't want to have that many figures on our number, otherwise people no. won't try. Yeah. All right. See you later, guys. Bye. 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 Thanks for coming.